Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Small Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. I'm Melissa. And we have a super dope guest with us today. We do. But first, <laughs> if you are loving the Spa Strong Podcast, which we hope you are, think you are, I bet you are, um, then please subscribe and leave us a review so that we can reach more wonderful, fabulous estheticians out there in the beautiful world and help empower them through Boundaries, Balance, Health, and Safety. Also, real quick, we could not forget to let you know about our Keep Your Clients course. Open enrollment for that is June 28th at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, this is a badass course. This is the course you need to show you how to get six or seven figures in your business. To do that, you need to be able to keep your clients. So be on the lookout for it. Stay tuned. Check out our Instagram. We're constantly talking about it. Be on the lookout for our emails. And the link to the course so you can join the wait list will also be in the description of this episode. So yeah, check it out. So let's dive in. We're super excited about our guest today. Um, we have the pleasure of speaking with April Blackburn, also known on Instagram as Master Esthetician 101. April is a brand new licensed master esthetician. She has been licensed for less than a month and she is based in Lehigh, Utah. She is a master esthetician at Ruma Aesthetics and has developed a 30,000 people following on Instagram. Again, remember that she has only been licensed for less than a month. So she developed this following whilst in aesthetic school. Hello, Hello. April. We're so happy to have you. Hi, guys. <laughs> We're so happy to have you here. Thank you for being willing to join us and do this today. You're welcome. I'm honored to do it. Thank, Thank you. you. So um, we were telling April before we started recording that one of the reasons why we wanted to have her on is because we know so many of you who listen to this podcast are student estheticians or newer estheticians. And we love finding estheticians to share their stories who have been able to make a name for themselves, land a great job right out of aesthetic school. And so uh, April is like a great example of that. So exactly. we just are happy that you're willing to come and share your experience and, you know, what got you where you are so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously school, like I just really hit the ground running and I decided to do it 110%. Um, I, I've always loved skincare. I've always been super passionate about it. I struggle with acne um, and stuff like that. So I think it's always been a part of my life. And when I found out that aesthetics was a thing, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm so excited because I've never found anything, any job that I really loved before. I've been fired from jobs, like you name it. Like I just never really did well. And so when I found aesthetics and I was good at it and I enjoyed it, I feel like it really allowed me to um, put my all into it and it's definitely paid off. So awesome. awesome. Okay. Um, I have to ask, you've been fired from jobs before? I want to hear it. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? If, if I don't like something, I'm just not going to do that well at it. You know, like I have to enjoy what I'm doing in order to put my all into it. Like I'm kind of like an all or nothing type person. Like I'm going to either do it or I'm not. So I guess with the other jobs, it was like, okay, I got to pay my bills, but I'm I'm going to sleep in. I'm not going to show up on time, you know, like, cause I don't really care about it. And then I, I'm so shocked when they fired me, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, how could you, but I know now that that's not the kind of person like a business wants. And so I guess through those learning experience, like I know how to be a good employee, but it's also such a bonus that I love it. Such a bonus. 
Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And it's super smart because see what you what you pulled right there is some black shit. Okay. You hate <laughs> listen, look, look, let me break it down because it's like we don't like her job. We're gonna like half-ass it, not really do, but we won't quit. We'll get fired so we get that unemployment. Oh my god, I tried. They wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. You and Royal are going to get along during this conversation for sure. Um, no, I, I totally get it. And it's like, if, if there are aspects of your job that you're just not interested in, or even the whole job itself, you're not interested in, then it's really hard to dedicate yourself and discipline yourself and put your passion into it if you don't love it. So it sounds like though that aesthetics is something that you love and that you're passionate about and you're excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. Like I love it more than anything. Like I have a one-year-old at home and I almost love it more than him some days. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to work now so I can de-stress, you know? So, so yeah, it's super, it's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That's fantastic. Um, So you, you struggled with acne growing up. And then when you discovered aesthetic school, did you, or discovered that aesthetics was like a thing, did you say, okay, I want to do this so that I can help more people with acne or like, what were your motives behind going into aesthetic school? Yes. Yeah, so I, I was actually going to college at the time and I wanted to be a dermatologist and I was like, I'm just going to go to aesthetic school so I can get myself through dermatology school or med school or whatever. And so that was my motive behind it. And then once I was in school and I, you know, I just felt like I belonged there and I saw all the avenues that you could take and how much money you could really make with this. Um, it really inspired me. Um, that's not to say I might not go back to school. I still am kind of um, trying to figure that out, but I, yeah, there's so many avenues you can take. And I think a lot of people really limit themselves. Like in school, people are like, Oh, well online, everyone says that you only make $12 an hour. And I'm like, but wait a second. That's like the average person that's just treating it like another job. Like if you want to make more, like you've got to dream big. And so that was like always my thing at school. Like guys, think about all the money we can make. Let's do the math. Like we can make so much money. And it's not even just about that, but that knowing that you have that possibility really makes it um, a valuable field to be in, especially when you love it. Yeah. Okay. I completely concur with everything you just said. Um, <laughs> I think that, well, one of the things, so we, you know, we coach estheticians and we help them with being able to grow their businesses and have better business practices and stuff. And um, one of the things that we see when we get on our calls with our prospective clients, they're like, well, there's not a lot of money to be made out here. And my aesthetic school, my instructors were telling me, well, the average esthetician only makes $30,000. So don't get your hopes up, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, are you serious? Get your hopes up. Like what? Yeah. Like what do you have to lose? <laughs> I know. I know. Exactly. And it just blows my mind. I'm like, okay, listen, clearly nobody gave you permission to be excited about this industry. So I'm going to give it to you now. All right. Yeah. There is so much money. There's so much opportunity. And you know what? There is nothing like I know a lot of times people, they want to talk about money and they'll be like, well, but I mean, money isn't everything. Okay. I'm sorry. Money is freaking M everything. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. But the people that say money is everything are usually broke. I'm going to just talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just usually who it comes from. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I feel like if you, I mean, if you really think about it, 
money makes life a lot easier and it allows you to invest in more trainings and certifications and new equipment. And it allows you to go and travel and spend time with your family and, you know, have fun and all these things that take stress off of you. And so, okay, the goal is money. Great. Big deal. Now you can go and build this awesome business. You can be generous and help other estheticians, you know, whatever you want to do with it, but don't feel bad about wanting money. And I'm all about the numbers. Like, I love the numbers. I sit down, I'm like, let's do the math. Ooh, let's see how much more you could be making if you added retail sales in, you know, and all of that. I'm all about it. So I love that you're like that. I'm a fan. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I think the other thing is money aside, but limiting yourself as far as the possibilities. Because there are so many opportunities. And um, I know when I went to aesthetic school and when I was teaching aesthetics, and even now, as we're talking to, you know, aesthetic students and everything, they talk about how, well, I know that I'm, I'm new. And so I'm going to have to start front desk somewhere, or I'm going to have to start somewhere really small. I'm not going to land my dream job right away. I landed my dream job right away. And it sounds like you did the same. Yeah. Is that I feel like I did. And I wasn't expecting it. Like everyone told me like, it's okay if you just get a front desk job. And I was like, but, but I feel like I, I'm worth more than that. But then I kind of got in the mindset like, okay, fine. But then all of a sudden this kind of like fell into my lap and I was like, oh my gosh, like here I am. Like what, <laughs> what just happened? So, oh, nice. so how did it happen? Tell us the story. Yeah. So, um, about a month or two before I graduated, I just started really working on my resume and just sending it to a lot of people. Um, and m some of my instructors really encouraged me to apply at Ruma because they follow Shelby, Shelby Miller. Um, she's my boss on Instagram. She's an aesthetic injector, injector. Um, and a lot of people follow her. So when she posted that she was hiring, I had a few messages. People are like, you should go work for her. You should go work for her. I was like, okay, whatever. Like I'll send in my resume. So I just sent her a simple email, like, Hey, I'm interested. Nothing too crazy. I didn't expect anything to come of it. Um, and she told me she was just hiring for front desk actually. So I kind of wasn't that interested. So, um, about a month later I went to this event and I actually ran into her and I just approached her and I was like, Hey, I applied for your job a few, like a month ago. And she, and I told her about my Instagram and she was like, Oh, I'll get you an interview next week. And so the very next day she got me in for an interview and I just knew that this is where I wanted to work. It just kind of worked out. Like, and I knew there was a reason I needed to go to that event. And I guess this job was why. So I'm a really big believer in like the way things work out in this world and everything's like meant to happen. And I feel like this was one of those things for sure. Uh, awesome. I love it. You know what? My story is a little bit similar. Um, yeah. I know I've shared it before, but I'm gonna share it again. Okay, so <laughs> when uh, when I went to aesthetic school, I knew that I, I I went to school in Utah, and then I knew I wanted to go back to Texas because you know everybody in Utah was having that attitude of like, oh, there's so many estheticians, it's so saturated, you're gonna have yeah. to take a low paying job, all of that, yeah. And I was like, fuck that noise, like I'm I'm taking my ass to Texas where I can get a real job then, jeez. So I started researching medical spas because I knew that I wanted to work in the medical arena. And I came across this spa that I was just like, I don't know how I'm gonna make this happen, but this is where I'm working 100%. And I fell in love with it. I couldn't stop researching it, looking at reviews, all of this stuff. And they were only hiring for front desk. 
but I applied anyway. I was like, fine, I'll bite the bullet and I'll, I'll apply anyway. And eventually I'll make my way to being a treatment provider, you know? But um, <laughs> anyway, so they, I remember because I applied before I graduated and I remember I was sitting in the break room at school by myself waiting for my next client when my phone rang and I knew it was them. Like I had literally manifested this job to me. I knew that that was, yeah, like I knew this is where I'm going to work. And, um, so they set me up for an interview. I went in and they were asking me all the front desky questions and they were like, so on your resume, it shows that like your laser certified, you've done all this kind of stuff. Why are you applying for front desk? And I said, well, I just want to get my foot in the door. Like, I know this is where I want to work. And they were like, well, we actually don't know if you would be a great fit for front desk, but we have a position that we haven't opened up yet. We were planning on hiring a nurse. However, with all of your qualifications, we're down to hire you as a treatment provider. And they hired me as an esthetician and I got to do what I wanted to do. And it was perfect. It was amazing. And I was fresh out of school. Like I had literally passed my state boards the week before and, or like that week flew out to Houston that weekend, got hired that weekend. Yeah. It was awesome. That's amazing. Like, and I love how you said you manifested it. Like I had, I had doubts and then I was like, no, I need to manifest this. Like this is happening. And I just kind of like put that out there and it was kind of, they, they actually did, they gave me four interviews. And I was like, come on, just hire me already. So the stress was real, but I definitely, um, I just kept telling me like, this is mine. Like, this is where I'm meant to be and just putting it out there. And it definitely, you know, I feel like that stuff works. It definitely works. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to ask about, um, I would love to talk a little more about manifestation, but then also, um, what for interviews, what, who all they have you interviewed? Like, what was that process like? So the first interview was with the, the lead master esthetician. So um, Shelby actually just barely added estheticians onto her into her business. And we just oh, okay. built a new space. Um, it's gorgeous. I wish I could show you guys. Um, so it was first the, the lead of master esthetician. And then I think it was Shelby and Sarah, the lead master esthetician and Shelby. And then um, the third one, I want to say, oh, I gave uh, Sarah a facial which was so nerve wracking. I was like shaking, you know, like, um, and then the fourth one, well, I thought, I guess I thought it was going to be another interview, but then Shelby just hired me and gave me the job offer. So awesome. I was like, finally, thank you. (laughs) Glad you made your decision. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. But I I think it's kind of good to like, sometimes when they make you sweat a little, because it makes you really, really want it. And then when they're like, okay, you got the job, you're like, oh my gosh, yes. I don't, yeah. I don't like when people make me sweat. I remember I, for, the, for the police. Built different yeah, for, for the police department interview, it's like six different interviews, six or seven. Physical, oh, really? Physical, yeah, that's yeah, physical agility tests, psychological tests, written and verbal. Um, Over the course of like, well, mine was seven months. Yours was only three months. Three months. Like, a, it's a lot. And so... They had me sweating in that psychological evaluation. I went in the car and cried. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, no. Oh my gosh. It's a little easier. I mean, I, I say it's easier. It's just different. As an esthetician, it's different. Because those, um, like, uh, how do you call them? Um, practical interviews. Those can be nerve wracking because you learned how to do it a certain way at school and you don't know their protocol. You don't know the way they do things. And I remember I did a, an interview at a spa up in San Francisco um, and 
I had to do, it was an acne facial is what I was doing on her. And, um, I'm like, fuck, I don't know the rules in San Francisco. I don't, am I allowed to use a Lancet in California? So I literally just like skipped extractions all together. And it was an acne facial because I got so nervous and didn't know if I was allowed to use a Lancet. And then, and then afterwards she asked me about, she's like, so you didn't do any extractions. And I'm like, okay, this is my reason why she's like, okay, let's talk about how you would have done it, blah, blah, blah. And so then it was fine. And she ended up offering me a job, but, um, which I didn't take, it didn't work out, but I was like, so stressed the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary. Wow. It really, really is. Um, but you just get out there and you do it. You do it anyway, because you do it. yeah, that's what makes your dreams come true. That what, that's what gets you landed in the dream job working and probably making more money than all your other esthetician friends you went to school with who were like, Oh, I just took a front desk job or I'm getting a part-time job somewhere else until I find the right job for me or, you know, all of this. And I hate that. If you want to be an esthetician, don't get a part-time job somewhere else. Go and find your job in aesthetics. They probably hate, man. Oh, I'm to. <laughs> oh man, they probably hate know you, boy. Well, people are nicer than you think they are. And, and sometimes uh, they're a couple people. Oh, <laughs> I, thank you. I to be actually threatened to report me to Doppel because I got a job before I got my license, and she was on this Instagram group talking to all these girls saying April this, April that, April this, and a girl from the group sent me screenshots, and I texted her and I was like, "Dude, I thought you were my friend. Like, mm-hmm. I legit thought you were my friend." And it, it hurt and it honestly scared me because I'm a super open person and I have a past, you know, and I was super open in school about my life. And it kind of made me, you know, take a state step back and realize like, there are people that don't want to see me succeed. And I have to be careful about who I let into my circle because I'm just a very social person and I love everyone and I just want everyone to be part of my life and I'm super open. So it's kind of forced me to take a look at that and maybe, you know, not be so open. So I'm a lot more careful now with um, what I say, but definitely, definitely was shocking to know that a friend or a a friend would mm-hmm. want to ruin my livelihood over jealousy or I don't know what, you know, but it makes me just sad for her, honestly. <sighs> okay. Uh-oh. Since we brought it up. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, I mean, it's fine. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, people are better than you think they are, Royal. But, like, ultimately, unfortunately, yeah, there are a lot of people who want to tear other people down and can't be proud of other people's successes or happy for other people's successes. First of all, I'm so sorry that that's something that you're experiencing. It's okay. It made me better. Like, it pushed me to be better. So I'm honestly grateful for it. Okay, good. I'm glad that you can find that perspective. And it's, it's so like disappointing how easy it is to have this scarcity mindset within this industry and want to, you know, just be like, oh my gosh, if she has success, then that limits my possibility for success. And that's not true. It's like 7 billion of us. I know. Seriously. Seriously. And it's like, okay, so let's talk about Instagram, for example, because you've built up this like wonderful, beautiful Instagram following. Okay. Just because somebody follows you on Instagram doesn't mean that they're not going to follow other people. So your Instagram success doesn't take away from somebody else's opportunity to be success. Also, like everybody follows more than one person. That's why I don't understand the Instagram drama. And I don't know if you experienced it at all, but I didn't realize that there was like a whole ocean of drama just on an app. I think that 
you know, one of the issues that we see, I mean, especially like when, you know, we're talking about scarcity mindset and being worried about other people's followings and other people's successes. And, you know, there's so much information that everyone is taught in aesthetic school. And it's such a small industry that, you know, the same phrases get used and the same um, about the same things. Exactly. We're educating. Exactly. You know what? It's so funny because yesterday, um, I uploaded a new video onto our YouTube channel and I use Canva, like everybody else uses Canva to make all of my elements and stuff. And, um, I used a little emoji that had a little girl with a mask on, blah, blah, blah. And not emoji, but whatever. My point is that literally I uploaded it last night. This morning I got on Instagram and I saw somebody had shared one of your posts and it was that exact same girl. She didn't tag you in the post. And I really hate when people do that because even though it has your name on it, you should still tag the person who created it. Yeah. Everyone talk about Yeah. But um, but I'm like, oh, of course she used the same thing that which I didn't see it before, but it's like because it's cute and it works and it applies to our industry. I don't feel threatened by that, you know? It's like you definitely copied me, so I'm gonna need you to credit me. <laughs> no, seriously. And that oh people take it that seriously sometimes. I'm like, okay, yeah. we're you know, let's all be happy for each other, let's promote each other. I mean, we love like reaching out to people who are successful in this industry because, you know, it, it helps, um, the younger, when I say younger, I mean like newer estheticians and people who are struggling, see that there's possibilities. But I mean, we also have people on the podcast that, you know, don't have 30 plus thousand Mm -hmm. followings on Instagram and maybe have a newer aspect of their business because it's like, look, we all have things to learn from each other. We can all support each other. And we're all just trying to live our best lives. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's super important to be supportive, especially like, I feel like I'm in a position where I can either, you know, be a bitch or I can really strive to help people. And I really want to be that person, um, to help. Um, but it does get overwhelming when you get hundreds of messages in your DMS every day. And I'm like, I want to help all of you, but you're in India and I just, there's nothing I can do for you. So learning to say no, I still haven't really figured out yet. I just have a bunch of DMS sitting right now that I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with you yet. (laughs) So, but yeah, helping and being supportive is so important. Yeah. I think that one thing, just like an etiquette thing for people who are DMing influencers on Instagram or people who have large followings on Instagram, um, or even us FYI, um, if it's something that you can Google, Google it first before you ask the person, because just like April was saying, she gets hundreds of DMS. We get tons of DMS every day that we, you know, we can't always get to it. And when you're asking us a question that Google could have answered for you, I mean, it's a little, it's a little frustrating sometimes. So we're happy to hear from you. But if it's a simple question, consult Google and then we're your backup plan. Yeah. I love <laughs> also, that. we love you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so let's, let's take a minute actually real quick and talk a little bit about how, um, why you chose Instagram as your platform. If you had decided that you were going to go crazy with your Instagram or if it just kind of happened, I mean, what, what's your story there? Um, I mean, I kind of knew that Instagram was a really good way to market yourself. And before I had started going to a set school, I actually tried to do my own little blog and I just didn't really have like a, like a thing, like a niche. Is that how you say that word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You said it right. You said it right. I know. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't really have a niche, so I really struggled with it. Um, So at the beginning of school, luckily I had an instructor that told me, Hey, you should start an Instagram. And she, she had all her before and after photos laid out really perfectly. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I want my Instagram to be so good. So I just did a lot, a lot, a lot of trial and error. And, um, I made a goal for myself. Like, I just want to hit a thousand followers and I'll be good. A thousand followers and I'll be so happy. So I ran a little giveaway and, um, I hit a thousand followers and yeah, after that, I would just, you know, I listened to a bunch of podcasts on how to grow your following, like how to beat the algorithm, um, how to create shareable content, how to create content that goes viral, you know, that kind of stuff. And just kind of learning the, t- the tricks of it, because it's really not as straightforward as people think. Like you can have the best content in the world and you, you still have no eyes. So it's figuring out Instagram is really the trick. Um, but yeah, so I kind of had that goal. And then and then I was like, okay, I just want 10,000. And I hit 10,000. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just happening so fast. And so, yeah, I, I kind of had a goal, but it kind of just happened. And I'm really shocked that it happened because I've never really been successful at anything before. So here I am. <laughs> I love it. It That's sounds dope. like you found your, your gift. I mean, not saying that Instagram is your gift, but obviously aesthetics. And then once you're in, isn't it Steve Harvey who says like, once you find your gift, like that's when the whole world opens up to you. Was it Steve Harvey who said that? I'm paraphrasing, but, um, but yeah, I, I love that that is what happened for you. And I also love that you did research to figure out how to grow your Instagram because you're like, okay, if I want it to be better, then I can't just do what I've been doing. Like there's obviously a different way of doing things. And so getting, you know, being resourceful finding out, asking questions, getting them answered, you know, through podcasts or YouTube or whatever. Well, I mean, reaching that's out to the people who were successful. Like there's been a lot of estheticians that have been so kind to me and that make me really want to be just like them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Instagram with people with large followings that are just so willing to help, even though I know how you know busy they are. And so I'm super grateful for the people on Instagram who have helped me and you know who you are if you're listening. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Let's shout out the people who are awesome. My goodness. <laughs> because I mean, we won't use names, but I'm just saying that like there are, you, we've talked a little bit about how Instagram can get a little stressful and a little scarcity based, but um, there are so many wonderful people and we have met incredible people in yeah. this industry through reaching out on Instagram and, you know, having them contact us. And so not everybody is going to big league you. Like reach out to people, get to know people, build relationships. It's great. So I love that. Okay. With your, um, Instagram, do you feel like that, you know, is something that helped you get your job? You know, you said that you had mentioned it to Shelby, um, at that time you ran into her at that event. Do you feel like that was kind of a, like, Oh, maybe I should look into this girl. 100% because as you know, she was bringing on estheticians to her team. Like she doesn't have I mean, she has a a large clientele, but she really wanted someone who could maybe bring in some of their own clients. And I think that that really made her feel better about it. So I definitely feel like Instagram has opened up so many doors for me. Um, So many, but I kind of treated it like a full-time job while I was in the school. Like I was on Instagram for eight plus hours a day and it was a lot of work and it still is. It's a lot of work to upkeep it. So but it definitely opened up all the doors for me, I would say. Hello, everybody. We wanted to take a quick break 
and let you know about the badass of the week. Yes, this week our badass is Hannah JL. She is a licensed esthetician at Bridge Street Hair Co. And Hannah says, I had a client this week who'd been to my salon before for a brow wax, but not from me, from a coworker. She had a bad experience previously, but I was able to turn it around and help her understand what went wrong, how to avoid it in the future, and how to take care at home. I loved being able to work my skincare nerdness into a brow wax appointment. That is so awesome, Hannah. Congratulations. We love that you were able to repair the situation with this client, you total badass. If you would like to be featured as the badass of the week, then send us a DM on Instagram or send us an email. We will link that information in our episode notes because we want to celebrate you and all of your aesthetics badassery. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Dope. And I love that you mentioned that it, you treated it like a full-time job. Because I think one of the things that we notice is people will hit us up for help with their Instagrams and they'll be like, okay, well, you know, what are some quick tips and tricks? And we're like, it's not a game quick. You you have to be so consistent. You have to spend time. You have to, you can't just throw something up there and expect people in the whole sea of like millions of people on Instagram for them to be like, you're a celebrity. I know, right? Yeah. Exactly. But outside of that, if you're trying to build a name for yourself, um, you doesn't have work to, that way. no, it doesn't. You have to stand out. You have to have like significant value in your content. It can't be just like everybody else's. I mean, there's or just go do something reckless and go viral. <laughs> or you can do that. That's, not That's it. for like, sure. The, the quick tip. I, I know, if you want a quick tip, seriously, yeah. then do something crazy extreme. <laughs> but um, but you're absolutely right that it's, it's something that takes dedication to be able to to build and grow that social following for sure. Yeah, um, I think another thing though that I do always like to hit on when we talk to people who have large Instagram followings is that your following does not necessarily equate clients or dollars. And so you do not have to use Instagram in order to become successful in this industry. Okay. Definitely want to make that clear. Yeah. And that, that has honestly been the struggle. Like I've had tons of people ask me, how much do you make from Instagram? How much does Instagram pay you? And I'm like, I don't make anything from Instagram. (laughs) Nothing. Like I had worked with a couple um, really great brands um, where I'll get a tiny percent of commission off of what my followers buy using my code, but it's like next to nothing. And so I'm really trying to figure out how to change that because that would be nice to have that extra stream of income. Mm-hmm. Um, and for sure it's a struggle to, um, to get clients. Like I do get clients from Instagram, but it seems like with the amount of people that follow me, I should be getting way more. Um, So I'm still trying to work all that out and it's definitely, you know, a lot of trial and error, but you know, getting more Utah followers is the, is the, is the goal here. Not people from India or, or whatever. Not that that's bad, but it's just, you know, I want people who, um, I can help. So, right. I feel like, I mean, and I could be wrong, but it probably is that a lot of your following is other estheticians. Is that correct? Oh yeah. And I've actually... You know, I've I've thought a lot about maybe doing like an education course or something, maybe when I'm more established, Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of help that way. But yes, most of my followers are estheticians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that 
Um, there are definitely ways for you to be able to start monetizing your podcast, your podcast. (laughs) We're doing a podcast people, um, to start monetizing your Instagram. Um, but yeah, getting that following target to go more toward the local people. That's sometimes that's hard, especially when you're already attracting all of the estheticians, but you'll get there. I believe it for sure. Because I mean, obviously you're going to be able to do whatever you put your mind to clearly. Exactly. Exactly. Quick question for, can I take a quick turn? Okay. Um, so how long were you off as far as, um, with this whole COVID-19 thing from your job, did you ever worry about like, if your job would even be there coming back? So I, so this whole thing started like two days before I was supposed to graduate. And I always had this fear that I was not going to finish, like that somehow I just wasn't going to finish and I wasn't going to succeed. And this whole thing happened. Everything got shut down two days before I was supposed to graduate. And I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. This was too good to be true. And I'd already had my job lined up. Um, but I knew my job would be there because we did a lot of um, Zoom trainings and she made sure to keep in touch with us. And, and so everything worked out that way. But um, I ended up finishing school online. But it was just funny. Like, I knew it. I knew it wasn't going to work out, you know. <laughs> but it did. It did. Everything works out. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm so glad. Did you have anything to add to that? Okay. Um, but you know, that feeling of it's too good to be true. Mm -hmm. That can be so real sometimes where you're like, Oh my gosh, this ever, all the stars were aligned. And so it's like that foreboding joy. Like you won't allow yourself to kind of give into the happiness of it. You're like, yeah, something's going to go wrong. My skin is clear. I'm probably going to break, break out in the morning or, or my life is going really good. Like something's bad's going to happen. Like I totally feel that way all the time. I'm like, when are they going to fire me? Like, like, you know what I mean? Even though I feel like I put my all into this job already and they have no reason to, but there's always that little voice in my head saying like, Oh, you're not good enough. You know, you're, you like, this isn't meant for you, but I just have to really like override that with actions, like just doing what it takes. Like just the more I doubt myself, the more work I put into it. And so I kind of just have to balance it out that way. I love that. And that brings up something that I wanted to kind of talk about is, um, you said you have to kind of balance that with actions. So are there things that you do specifically to help you have a good mindset to help you like let go of that imposter syndrome or anything like that? I mean, like I said, I kind of just throw myself into work or like um, creating content um, for Instagram. I just, instead of like just being in my head about it, I really just have to like do something about it instead of just like thinking about it. Because if I think about it too long, like I will convince myself some pretty nasty stuff. So I really just have to like get out of that and and really focus on uh, whether it's like family or or, or work. A lot of my focus has been work lately, which has been, it's hard, it's hard to find balance, especially when you love your job so much. Um, there are times where I feel like maybe I could be a better mom. Um, but at the same time, since I love my job and I'm, and I'm utilizing my time at my work, it honestly makes me a better mom when I'm home, because if I'm home all day, like I just go crazy. Like I cannot handle just being home all day. And for all those stay at home moms, like I applaud you because I can't do that. I wish I could, but it's just not for me. So 
you know, I don't know. I don't know if balance is even a thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like whatever you're, you want, you just have to put in the work and whether that's being a great mom or, you know, and you can do both. That's the thing. Like, I, I think a lot of people feel guilty for having a job. I know if I felt that way, but you can do both and you can be good at both. So I don't know if that made sense, but there you go. <laughs> it totally makes sense. And I think that it's, um, it's so important to mention a couple of things you said, first of all, you can definitely do both. Like if you want to be a mom and have a full-time job or work as an esthetician, if you want to be a good wife or a good spouse and work, like that's totally fine. You can do more than one thing because you're a multifaceted human being with multiple gifts and multiple, um, you know, opportunities and potentials and all of that. But I love that you said that working helps you be a better mom because you're able to have like your outlet and then yeah. you can come back and you're renewed and refreshed and you can take care of your son. And I miss him and I don't want to buy him. I miss him and I just want to cuddle him and, you know, yeah. sing the So definitely. <laughs> I love it. And so there's nothing wrong with saying that. Like sometimes Royal and I look at each other and we're like, you know what? I love you, but we need some space. Like literally yeah. yesterday. Yep. Yesterday. Go ahead. You're mad at me, but go ahead. Yesterday, he says to me, he's like, because I've been working. I, I mean, I'm a workaholic. I 100% am, but it's because I love what we do with Spa Strong. And so I, I know when to stop. He knows when to stop. I don't because I'll just completely lose track of time. And 10 hours later, I haven't eaten. I haven't peed. I haven't slept. And I'm just like working because I love it. Um, so sometimes my lack of balance makes things a little bit difficult. Um, not in a bad way. We're fine. But he says to me yesterday, he's like, do you want to just go to Utah and spend some time with your family and not work for a little bit? Without me. And I was like, without me, that's the key. Like, you want me to leave. You want space. What? But like, the, no. I know. <laughs> he's like, yes, I do. I'll pack your bags. But, um, <laughs> but it's true. And, and it's okay to be like, all right, clearly my relationship needs, you know, me to take some time off or sometime. And then once we spend time together, it's like, okay, I can go back to work. I, we start to miss that time together. We miss, you know what I mean? Like it's okay to figure out what works for you and your life. And it doesn't have to look like anybody else's method. You don't have to get on Pinterest and read all these mommy blogs of people who are like, I'm a dream mom because I do this, 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 and this. And I have evened out all my time perfectly and blah, 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 blah. blah. And my children are always well-dressed. Okay. You feel like shit about yourself because you're not doing it like them. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about anybody else is doing do what works for you whether that's in your personal life in your career in your relationship like whatever do what works for you and what allows you to thrive and what allows you to be able to have that positive mindset and accomplish your goals and not be held back by the foreboding joy and the negative thoughts and you know all of that yeah I love that I feel like comparing yourself to people um, it can be good but like most of the time it's not. Um, and when I compare myself to someone who I want to be like, it pushes me to do better. But if I'm comparing myself to an Instagram model with this perfect body, no cellulite, I'm just going to feel like shit about myself because it's just unrealistic for me. So definitely. Yeah. I, and I love that you, uh, you made that differentiation. You're like, okay, if I am 
holding myself up against somebody that I admire, that has qualities that I truly want, that I believe in, then that motivates you. But when you yeah. hold yourself up against somebody that's like, society says you should be this way, then it just tears you down. And, um, and I think that's so important. Like one thing Royal really helps me with Instagram because I have a hard time with Instagram because I start comparing myself and I start getting sucked into the like, Oh, they're doing this. Maybe we should do that. And he's like, no, we don't need to do that. Um, so he'll look at me and he'll be like, Hey, it's time to get off Instagram. Stop it. Let me handle it. And, um, because I, again, I have a hard time with keeping that separate And so when you can learn to let people do what they're doing or set boundaries around your internet time or social media time or whatever, like seriously, just don't, don't worry about other people. Do you? Jeez. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is that a snort? No, it was just a, an exasperated exhale. Okay. So April, Thank you so much again for being here. Um, we we're going to get your contact information so people can follow you and everything in a second, but we always love to ask our guests what boundaries, balance, health, and safety means to them. I know you've kind of touched on balance a little bit already, but would you be able to talk just briefly about boundaries, health, and safety? Yeah. So I feel like boundaries are so, so important. And I've seen you guys post um, about boundaries. And I always am sharing your posts with my friends because I feel like it's so important. Um, like I had a really good friend in aesthetic school who was thinking about kind of starting up her own thing. And, and she was asking me about pricing and stuff like that. And she had her prices so low. And I'm like, no, like I know how amazing you are in this industry. Like you can charge so much more. And I actually showed her your post um, during that conversation. And I at least got her to raise her prices $10 each, but you know, and cause I feel like people really, um, don't, you know, like with boundaries and stuff, like they don't, they feel like they don't have the right to say no, or they don't have the right to maybe fire a client. And I sure felt that way before, but if it's not serving you and if it's not serving your business, like why, you know, why, why? Like, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna help anyone. So I think, you know, um, having policies and sticking to those policies are important for your business. But not only that, I think it's important for your clients. Like if you're wasting your time on somebody who's not going to follow policies, you're taking away from your clients that do. So, and I'm not a business owner yet, but I think it's really important to just, you know, like take it seriously. Boundaries are important. Um, Health and safety. Um, I feel like that just goes along with, um, you know, like keeping, you know, like keeping everything sanitary, obviously for safety reasons, you know, not trying to take shortcuts. Cause I know in school, a lot of people would just not clean the room when they were done with it just because it's like, I don't know, laziness, whatever. But it's like, you're, you're not only putting your clients at risk, but you're putting yourself at risk. Like if there's blood on the bed and you didn't clean it, you know, you're going to, you could potentially get infected, you know, and it's just, you know, really taking those things seriously. And I, I remember when the whole COVID thing started and everyone's like, you need to be washing your hands. And a bunch of estheticians posted, like, we've been washing our hands this whole time. Like, <laughs> you know, we're really the cool ones here. The OGs of the hand washing, you know, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, it's important. All of it's important. I love that. Yeah. I think. Um, 
just being disciplined with your sanitation. And I mean, that's even before COVID, that was something that I harped on so much. I'm like, do you have a sick policy in place? Do you have all of these things in place? Because um, it's just like you said, you're putting yourself, you're putting your clients at risk and nobody wants to come to a place where they're like, is this really clean? Like, am I really, really wash their hands if I didn't hear it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. So never cut corners with your sanitation. All of you beautiful listeners, um, be good to yourself, be good to your clients. But April, again, just thank you so thank you. much for being here. How can people find you? Um, on Instagram. Yeah. So it's just master esthetician one zero one one Oh one. But yeah, I'd be happy to, to, if any of you reached out to me, um, if you need help with anything, I'm more than happy to um, be there for you and be a support system. So. Awesome. Sure, but Google it first. <laughs> Google it first. <laughs> Google it first. Um, awesome. April, thank you so much again. We loved having you. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. Thank you guys. This was so fun. I'm really glad I did it. So. Good. We're so glad. We're so glad. Thank you.